themselves. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless everybody this morning. I'd like to welcome you this morning to creating a prayer culture for God this morning. I am Pastor Lester Hayes here with my wife, Pastor Sharon Hayes, and we just greet all of y'all this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is still reigning from heaven above with wisdom, knowledge, and love, no matter what's going on underneath the, the canopy of the, of the sky this morning. But my God, there's some wonderful things going on in heaven this morning. And so, Father, we think on those things this morning, amen, and embrace them this morning in hopes, God, that we will hear some more about them, oh God, as we explore the revelations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We hunger and thirst for this good news this morning. That's why we're here to learn more about our Lord, our Savior, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God, the revelations, the unveiling, the revealing that we might be able to know him, Lord God, more intimately acquainted with him, Lord, having a personal, deepening relationship with him because of the things that was written for our learning, God. And so we just give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor this morning for another opportunity, another brand new day that we've never seen before today. So we just pray this morning as we come in the name of Jesus this morning, unified, one voice, crying out to you as we pray, as you talk to your disciples to pray, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is your kingdom the power and the glory amen it all belongs to you now holy spirit we ask you to have your way this morning you be the teacher this morning you touch every mind this morning you touch every ear this morning you touch every heart this morning to hear to receive to know and to go and to do and i'll give you praise glory and honor this morning in jesus name now help me to be able to deliver these revelations of jesus christ this morning as john taught help us to teach each other this morning sharpen iron this morning amen and lord god we are Never stop giving your name the praise, the glory, and the honor for us in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Well, again, praise the Lord. I am Pastor Lester Hayes. Again, like I said, here with my lovely wife, Pastor Sharon. And do greet and welcome all of you this morning. Amen. From all over the place this morning, our pastors, Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, my ministers, any other clergy that's out there, and all of our brothers and sisters, saints of God, ladies and gentlemen, this morning. This morning, amen, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 20. We're going to pick up at brush 19 this morning and try to finish this chapter this morning. We're drawing closer to the end of the book of John. <clears throat> been some beautiful revelations and some discoveries that we've had the opportunity to explore and really be blessed, you know, just treasure trove of, of, of great and wonderful revelations about Jesus Christ for our learning this morning. And I want to talk this morning from a subject, you know, the revelation of Jesus Christ is the broader canopy and umbrella that we're under. And this morning, I want to talk from a subject, a subtitle this morning called, uh, you know, the great charter of the church amen and the revelations and things that jesus taught or the future purpose and plan was also for these teachings to be in the church for these things to be brought to the hearing of the church the ears of the church but who were going to be the messengers who was going to carry these messages well those 12 original apostles initially and then there were going to be others that were going to be saved because of their witness so this was really also the establishing of the of a charter. You know, anytime you start a new organization or a new uh, whatever club, I'll say, you know, anything new, uh, in order sometimes for it to be successful or to you know to have some 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 progress, 
you need to get a charter or you need to, a lot of times people patent things that new discoveries, new inventions. And here Jesus is, you know, through his death, his burial, his resurrection, the shedding of his blood was to, was to be the, the stamp of approval on this new charter for the church. Amen. And so Jesus Christ appears to his disciples to talk to them about this new charter, about what he, you know, what he uh, died for, what he suffered for, what he rose again for, amen, that they could go out, you know, as the first initial, you know, the uh, uh, apostles and disciples and spread the gospel, plant the seed, lay the foundation first for what he was going to build. And if you remember, he told Peter, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we see the charter beginning to unfold. He's out of the grave now. He's risen now. So he's he's getting busy doing the work after his risen, after being risen, amen, establishing that charter this morning and using them to be a part of that great building, amen, that he was planning to build. Not those brick and mortar, but you're talking about a spiritual building where he was going to build them as individuals first inside, and then they were going to go out with, with the help of the Holy Ghost, amen, and, and who is the master builder, and they were going to lay more foundation and build up, uh, you know, spiritual houses, spiritual believers, other believers, and carry that, that gospel message of the kingdom of the Lord may be built, amen, established in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those were the materials right there. And so let's kind of take a look this morning at this great charter where Jesus first appears to his disciples. Amen, you know, and there are some additional scripture references to all of this over in the book of uh, Luke, uh, the uh, 24th chapter, verse 36 to 49, the King James Bible, and the book of Mark. Chapter 16, verse 14. But let's pick up here at verse 18 in the book of John, chapter 20. Amen. And it says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Amen. And so, you know, as we finished up last week, you know, we, we see that she was one of the first ones. Now, you got to understand, Mary Magdalene, Amen. If anybody really was was uh, of concern, it would have been someone like her who he had did a magnificent miracle in her life, casting out a thing that says seven, seven demons, you know, seven demonic spirits out of her. And so now this is this is how a free person reacts to someone or responds to someone who freed them, who remember where they were at, remember where he brought them from, remember how she got over. And so that drove her, you know, to, to want to be an instrument or a vessel to be a part of that, the, the establishing of that charter. Amen. Because there were going to be other future demon possessed people, you know. And Jesus said, you know, hey, in, in the book of Mark, chapter 16, in his name, you were going to lay hands on them, on the sick, they was going to recover. And in his name, you were going to cast out demons. Amen. And so this, we see this charter right here beginning to be established because here's a great witness who know what it was like to be demon possessed, but now she understands what it's like to, to be demon possessed free, you know, and she wants to come, you know, and be sure that the one who cast them out was really the one, you know, was, was authentic, you know, he was, he was the one, you know, and there was no one else to get the credit. And so she's coming to, to, to examine, 
is he doing everything he said he was going to do? Because that's going to be critical to the establishment of that charter. And now, you know, she's 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 now telling the rest of them, because remember verse 17 and, and the previous verses, we saw where she was the first one to get there about 3 a.m. in the morning. And now she was the first one, the messenger, to go share this news. And now she's coming to them again, and she's telling these disciples, you know, what she has seen, you know, the Lord, and that he has spoken these things unto her. Wait a minute, I thought he was dead. How can a dead man speak to you? Mm. But because he said, I will rise again on the third day, so he has risen. And I can just imagine how that affected her who had experienced such a great miracle by him. You know, he cast out demons. Now the miracles even take another, they go, they go to another level. He's gotten up out of the grave, like he said. You know, and so, you know, and so here, here she is telling them, man, you know, as a, as a witness of his greatness, as a witness of his claims, as a witness of his power, you know. And so, you know, we, we transition here from Mary's fourth startling sight that she has seen. Remember that she had seen things before this because she was the first one there. So this is really the fourth startling sight of what she's seen and witnessed with her own eyes. Mm -hmm. Mary Magdalene, you're talking about that woman now that had been converted from being from demon possession was the first to also bear witness to Christ, to Jesus Christ's resurrection, as we see in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 2 of the King James Bible. As a matter of fact, it says, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities may recall Magdalene out of whom went seven devils. You know, so this is a very certain particular woman here. You know, if anybody, amen, was going to tell somebody about him, somebody that's gone through something, you know, with him and been delivered from it by him, ought to be a good witness, amen. Ought to, ought to be a, a good you know, the good person, if you've been through something, you can talk to me. Amen. If you've been through something, a lot of times people ain't been through nothing and they got a lot of chatter, you know, they, 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 they know of him, but they don't really know him. It's like I tell people a lot of times I can talk about sickness and I can talk about being healed from sickness. Why? Because Sharon and I done been through something. We've been tested to the max. And that's why sometimes we, we, our testimonies are so powerful. You know, our witness is so strong because we've been through something and we know who brought us through. You know, we know who got us out of it. And we testify to that fact, amen, as we see right here with her. Amen. You know, Luke's account of that. Amen. Verse 19, it says, then the same day. So now you got to understand Now this is this is the Sabbath here now. OK, because he done got up. You know, remember now they were trying to get him killed, get him buried, get him in the ground before the Sabbath. So now we're into that day, that new day, that first day, that beginning. OK, that Sabbath day. So they say, OK, and it said then the same day at evening being the first day of the week, you know, that, 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 that Sabbath, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Now, they didn't fear God. They didn't fear his son, Jesus. They didn't fear God through his son, Jesus, that he had rose again. You know, they just going on worrying about the Jews, you know, because the Jews had very strict rules of things and activity that you should do on the Sabbath day. You know, so they didn't want to, they didn't want to violate none of that. They, at this point, didn't want the Jews to hear them saying anything about no risen Savior. They didn't want to hear them say nothing about no other, no, nobody else but Caesar. You know, nobody else but Moses. They were not, what they were used to, what they were accustomed to. And it's like people today, man, they, they care so much about what they can't do on the Sabbath day, they say. You know, 
And here these people are the same way. They're, they're locked in the building, the doors are shut, and there, there's so much fear there, you know. Man, I'm telling you, he, hey, he got up. He's not in the grave anymore, you know. You know, that I'd have been celebrating, you know. But here Mary comes to let them know, man, you know, and they're hiding all quiet, full of fear of what the Jews. The Bible says, don't fear what no man can do. You understand? God ain't going to let nobody put more on you than he know you able to bear. You know, that's why we got to trust him. There's no temptation that is not common unto everybody out there. Everybody's got the same common temptation. We'll be tempted. But it's not God that's tempting you. He might be testing your faith, but he ain't tempting you. Because he tempts no man, nor is he tempted by any man, nor is he tempted by evil. You know, he don't give us a spirit of fear. We're his followers. He did not give us a spirit of fear. It came from somewhere else. Some people are just afraid of being afraid. You know, it's just human nature. The unknown sometimes scare the daylights out of people. That's why God wants want us to get to know him so that we know he's, he's a God of love. You know, and the kind of fear he wants is reverential fear like we see with her. It's different kind of fear with them than what she had. She's reverencing him by going to tell them about him. You know, he ain't there. He's up. He talked to me. He spoke to me. He said something to me, you know. And here they are, man, hiding and in fear. There's a lot of Christians right now. There's a lot of people who want to be Christians, but they're so afraid of what might happen, you know. They might have to give up something. So came Jesus and stood in the midst. Now, here she is. She's going to tell them they're behind closed doors. Jesus didn't need to knock on the door. Even though he said, I stand at the door and knock. This time, he just came right on through. The, he just walked right in. You know, just showing you, man, hey, the, his resurrection power. It mm -hmm. says, and Jesus came and stood in the midst because he knew their thoughts. He knew what they was going, dealing with. He knew they were in there afraid, shaking in the boots, not because of him, but because of the Jews. You know, because of the Jews. They, they, they realized, Pastor Sharon, he was no longer there to defend them. So they thought. So they were now beginning to fear what man could do to them for all them days and years and months and, and events that they had traveled with them. And still, they were fearing that. I hope they don't come and ask me, man, you know, anything about him. You know, we already denied him once. We're going to deny him again. But here Jesus wouldn't allow that to happen. So he just walked right in and stood in the midst of them and saith unto them. Now, he done said to Mary Magdalene, and she tried to tell him what he said to her. Now he's coming to tell them himself. And he says, listen what Jesus say unto them. Peace be unto you. <laughs> you know, isn't that something? You were in a crowd of people that's so afraid of what somebody's going to do to them. Minds are somewhere on fearing what man can do and not on Jesus. And he tells us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3 of the King James Bible, he whose mind is stayed on the Lord will be kept in perfect peace. You're talking about a peace that transcends fear, transcends all your understanding. It garrisons, it mounts guard over your heart, in your mind, you know. And here's the here's prince of peace coming right into the midst of, of that unpeaceful situation. They were disturbed, they were fearful. And he helps them by allowing them to see him and hear him to put their mind back on him, okay, to keep their mind stayed on him. Had been on him for a while, as long as he was physically with them. But then when he left, man, oh, my God, their mind went somewhere else. You know, that's what happens with a double-minded person. You're unstable in all your ways. But thank God, the Prince of Peace, he stepped right in the midst of them before they would go too far with it. You know, now they could get their minds back on him. Why? He's right there again. He's risen. You know, he's right there with the holes in his hands and in his feet, you know, because he wants to still be recognized, amen, as the Christ, the Messiah, 
you know, the living God, the risen Savior. So he steps right in right there because her testimony wasn't enough. So he comes in for himself and let us see him for himself. And I love the first words he said, you know, to settle their minds who were crazy, sporadic behavior and thinking right now. And he says, peace be unto you. However, the disciples were hiding in fear. And this was the same day, but it was at nighttime. And, that, and I can just imagine, you know, it's dark. They probably didn't have these high-powered fluorescent lights like we have today, light the whole room up. But I believe when he stepped in there, man, I believe that he was the light of the world. I believe he was the light of that room. <clears throat> and I believe that they could see him shining so bright as a risen Savior that they could recognize who he was. Amen. You know, on that in, in that dark nighttime, amen, where they were discussing the report, okay, that she had brought to them, amen. Like, I can just imagine, you know, do, do, do she know what she's talking about? You know, she's just a woman. Who Who is she? You know, she's, remember, she had demons. And, you know, I believe they were discussing her as the one who bought the report. It wasn't one of them. I, I, I believe that conversation just had a whole bunch of twists and turns, you know, that brought and added more fear to the situation because of who she was. Amen. But she had a personal reason. She had been through something. That would have been a good candidate to listen to. You know, I don't think you can just, when you've been through something, you can just make stuff up. Amen. And so they were discussing that report, you know, hey, whose report do you believe? <coughs> someone who's been through something, God bought them out, or someone who's never been through anything. Then Jesus Christ appeared suddenly. Uh, uh, we're talking about, you know, her now, the risen Lord. Uh, his presence was very real because he stepped right in. So they, one thing about it, you cannot deny the presence of God. You might deny some, some other stuff, but when his presence shows up, the Bible says that there will be fullness of joy and pleasure at his right hand forevermore. It's starting to take shape. They can't deny him anymore. Why? He's real now. His presence is there. His glory is there, you know, you know, and he's right there in the midst of them. And guess what? He's not just there in the midst of them because they can see him, but he's also being heard. Also speaking to them. Amen just like he spoke to her, you know, reminding them of what he had said before. You know, this is what, this what a risen Savior does. You know, he saved what belongs to him. He saved, remember, that's what he came to do, seek and save that which was lost. And even now, after his resurrection, they still acting like they lost. So he, he, he's still going to help them, amen, uh, even now, after his death, burial, and resurrection. So verse 20, he goes on to say, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands in his sides, and then were the disciples, here we go now, glad when they saw the Lord. My God, some people are just stuck with seeing and believing. Mm -hmm. But there are others who don't require a sign, and they just believe. They're more blessed. But they went now from a deep place of fear, questioning the report of Mary and whoever else had told them something. Now they're going, they're being glad, you know what I'm saying? Because they sin now, and now they're believing. But the Lord provided them with evidence and proof too. He'll do that today. You know, he, 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 he's not limited by signs and wonders. He knows that the Jewish people require signs. They require wonders, you know, that's their law. And he fulfilled it, remember? So he's fulfilling it even here right now because a lot of these are Jews, you know. So he's, giving, he's still giving them a sign. He hadn't forgotten. He's still fulfilling their law. And it brings gladness, you know. It calms their heart. It, it calms that rage in their spirit. It calms that doubt that they had about her report earlier. 
Now he's actually speaking to him. He's showing, and now they get glad. Man, I'm telling you, good news, man. Glad tidings, man. It'll it'll bring out some joy, you know, unspeakable. And so I can just I can just see the change. I hear the change. I feel the change. It's the same thing today, man. When you have that first encounter, that first experience for God on a personal level, it will make your heart <clears throat> very glad. Amen. When they saw the Lord, so look to see the Lord. Look in the scriptures and see. The Lord, he allow, allow him to reveal and prove himself and demonstrate himself. So many times we, we depend on people, but mm. people are just messengers that the Lord worked through. Amen. Mm. And you should be able to see Christ in people. If you don't see Christ in people, I don't want to see nothing else in them. You know, I'm looking at it. the crisis in there. I'll listen to you. You've been through some things. I'll listen to your testimony, the word of his word of your testimony. Mm -hmm. But if you start telling me all oh, that traditional stuff and about that hearsay, she say, you know, that that game. Say, I don't want to hear it. Them folk tales and the tradition. I don't want to hear all that. There ain't no Christ in that. So this was followed by his message. One of peace. OK, uh, his wounds. He showed them to him. They were evident, you know, uh, his effects on them was unbelievable joy when they saw him. Now, that's an encounter. That's an experience. Amen. Life-changing. Mm. They were changed instantly. Suddenly, he appeared, and instantly, they were changed. Immediately, they went from sadness, fear, bad, believing a bad, making a, taking a good report, trying to make it bad, twisting it, you know, don't want to believe it, don't want to accept it, hard to believe. It goes beyond their scientific understanding. Somebody got up out the grave from death that said he would do it. And now he's back, he's got wounds, he's got evidence, he's got proof, and he stepped right in the midst of your conversation, your fearful conversation where you're shaking in your boots, you're questioning everything that she done came and told you. And you see him with your own eyes. Man, unspeakable, unspeakable, you know. Got the proof, got the evidence, check me out, examine me. Gotta remember now, Thomas was very doubtful. <laughs> but Thomas is in that crowd. He's going to change. Doubting Thomas is getting ready to change. He primarily needed it more than anybody. There are people out there who need it more than anybody else. Amen. Then said Jesus unto them, peace be unto you, you know. And then he goes on to say, uh, as my father have sent me, even so send I you. So it was the risen Lord now who assigned the great commission to his disciples. I mean, he comes in with evidence and shows them. Then he turns right around and get to the matters that, that, that he came for, mm -hmm. that he was rolled for. Now he get ready to send them. You know, he said, my father sent me. As you can see, I did everything he told me to do. I hid the wounds. Now I'm getting ready to send you. You, know, you, you got to understand that the proximity of all of this, this commission, why he is still, you know, bearing evidence. He didn't want to give them time now for the jews for the jews who they feared to come back in okay and try to inflict some harm on them so he immediately goes right into instructing them on what it was time for them to do now you done seen me now you got evidence here you see i done did everything my father sent me to do i'm bearing witness to you now now i got other sheep out there that have that are supposed to be a part of this flock i need to send you i need to commission you right now with this evidence now, to go forward, pick up your cross, bear your cross, go be that witness. And guess what? I'm not going to send you out there alone. I'm going to pray to the Father that he will send you a helper, send you a comforter, send you a guide, send you somebody that's going to be greater than you, that's going to keep all this that I'm showing you now, this evidence fresh on your mind. He's going to bring it back to your mind so your mind don't wonder. So I'm showing this to you. Now, if you go tell those that you're going to encounter the truth about what you're witnessing right now, 
You've gone through it. This is the foundation right here. This is why I'm revealing it to you. And you're not going out on your own with speculation. I'm sending you out there with the gospel message about my death, my burial, my resurrection as a witness to be able to provide proof and tell the people, I saw the scars in his hand. I saw the scars in his leg. I saw his, 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 his crucified body. I saw his risen body. He was a risen savior. I saw it with my eyes. That makes a difference when you're going to tell people. That's why I say, man, all these folks running around talking about they apostles, they don't have an eyewitness account to draw from. How can it be? These people were actually, that's what an apostle means, eyewitness. They saw this with their own eyes. They bear witness to this evidence. That's why they are the only true real apostles. That's right. And they are next sent out. So they, they had eyewitness account and they being sent out with authority and power to use that name, Jesus. All these folks running around with these titles, man, they ain't got no eyewitness account. They ain't been sent. They chose to go out, but they ain't been sent out. You can tell by the message. And he told them before, you know, don't take no purse. Don't take no coat. Don't, you can just go in the name of Jesus and watch what demons would do when they hear that name. They're going to tremble at that name. They experienced this. Because they did what he told them to do, the way he told them to do it, and they were sent by him. You know, just like he was sent by his father, he said, I now send you. It was not just anybody telling them that. It, it, it wasn't the worshipful master of your lords. No, 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 no. It wasn't the, the, the worshipful matron of your, of your sorrows, your eastern stars. No, no. This was the risen Lord right here. He assigned this great commission to his disciples. You know, he didn't send them out there. They, he did. Verse 22, he says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He ain't sending you out there ill equipped and ill prepared. He know you're going to need an additional helper. That's why he sent you the Emmanuel, God with us, the Holy Ghost, you know, the guy, the paracletos, the one that comes alongside. Why, why would I need him? He's going to be the one that's going to confirm the word. He's going with you so that he can confirm the word. Notice what he said, confirm the word. So he ain't going to confirm your word. He's going to confirm his word coming out of you and through you. That's why he's going there. You know, if you own something and you, have, you, you, you assign somebody to be able to watch it, guard it, take care of it. So he's there to watch over the word to perform the word. You know, the Lord wanted to make sure you 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 had some help, you know. You 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 carry it, but he gonna perform it. He watches over it to perform it, you know. And so he's going along with you for that reason. And look at what he said. He breathed on them. A lot of these folk going ain't I don't even know them about they don't talk enough about the Holy Ghost for them to know that he breathes on he'll breathe them out on you. He'll baptize you with him. Mm. They don't talk enough about him. And see, for us, we can't help it. We, we, we can't talk about the Lord and talk about it. We're not talk about the Holy Ghost. Why? Because after that, the Holy Ghost come upon you. The Bible says you receive power to be a witness unto him. And how can you be a witness sent out, you know, to talk about God without the Holy Ghost, leaving the Holy Ghost out? Mm, you know, you, you might go out there and say some stuff, which is tradition of men that make the glorious gospel no effect. But Paul said, I didn't come with philosophy, excellency of speech, and the, the, the wisdom of men. I came with a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. 
we see it right here. The Lord breathed on them. He's he breathing on people today. You know, if he's going to use you, he will prepare and equip you and then send you. You don't have to go. He'll send you, you know. And then he goes on to say here, you know, it was a risen Lord who breathed the Holy Ghost on his disciples uh, with the endowment, you know, or giving of his spirit, which was to accompany them with authority being given to them. You know, there, there's authority in, in, in using his name for those who are spirit filled, baptized, sealed, healed and walking in the victory. Amen. Verse 23, he says, who whose soever sins ye remit, they are remitted, you know unto them and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained to them. And so this power and authority was to actually set captives free, you know, but they were going in his name. They wasn't going alone. They wasn't sent alone. The Holy Ghost was there. And so it was that power in them that would allow them to do the same work Jesus did, you know, heal them people from sickness and whatnot, lay hands on them, cast out demons and tell them your sins are forgiven you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, you know. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a promise unto you and to your children, you know. This is what they were going to be doing. This is the authority and power now that he had bestowed upon them. Let's go a little further here. Verse, uh, so now we see another event getting ready to unfold here, uh, which is going to be this great conviction was going to be the result with Thomas's confession, when we look at this next, these next few verses here. Now, you got to remember, Thomas was a doubtful one, but he's now beginning to change, and he too was in the room and got breathed on. So let's take a look at this. Verse 24 says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. That's okay. It's getting ready to, his, his life is getting ready to change too. What we witness is Thomas says, frustrate, he's frustrated, he's frustrated reactionary spirit. He was in a different kind of spirit. You know, he's one of those doubters, but that's okay. The reason for his reaction was guilt-based. Now, Thomas comes into, he comes into the, the, the situation, wasn't there originally, but he's getting ready to be a witness, become a witness, because guess what? Jesus is still there. So let's check out he already know about Thomas. He know about his frustration. He know how he's going to react. Jesus, if anybody's familiar with doubt, Jesus is. That's why he always prayed, help their doubt and unbelief. You got to remember, he's already prayed this to the Father by all of his followers. And so he understands. And so the reason for Thomas's reaction was nothing but guilt. Because he had forsaken and withdrawn himself from them earlier, you know. But now he's coming back. Verse 25, it says, The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. Now they're talking to their to their their co-worker, their, uh, 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 Thomas, who was doubtful. But he said unto them, "Except here it is." Now remember, some people believe without a sign. Some got to have a sign. Here we go. That's just Jewish mindset. That's how they think. Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. Okay, so the other disciples now have testified while Thomas argued with them. It was because Thomas had a false picture of Jesus Christ, like a lot of people, unlike the rest of the disciples. They're convinced now. They don't seen it all. Okay, they're, they're beyond fear now. They're glad and happy to tell him about Jesus. He was just an uh, 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 just an earthly deliverer. That's what he thought about Jesus. He was now dead, and what he taught 
Okay, didn't make a whole lot of sense like many others who felt that way. This is kind of what Thomas' mindset, frustrated to the max. You know, this is what happens a lot of time when you don't believe the truth, you know. But verse 26, it says, And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them this time. Then came Jesus, okay, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. See, the message ain't changed. Jesus coming in the same way. It's just they picked up another doubter, Thomas. He says the result is this now. It was persistent doubt for a total of eight days before a new beginning took shape. Man, we were talking about that yesterday. God is always doing a new thing. He's always about new beginnings. So you got right here, man, eight days had passed. And here Jesus comes in, man, to bring a new beginning for Thomas, who had been a doubter for eight days, at least eight days. It was time for a new beginning. It was time for a change for Thomas. Just like yesterday was a time for a change for a lot of people who heard the word, who heard the message. I believe a lot of minds were changed. I believe some doubters became believers, you know. I believe some fearful people, man, found some courage and some boldness to be saved and repent. Here Thomas is, man, going through the same type of experience. Jesus revisits again, come the same way, got the same message, ain't coming differently. Why? That would have threw the rest of them off. If he would have came different to Thomas than he had came to them eight days earlier, it would have threw them off. They would have said, well, wait a minute, he told us this, but now he's telling him something. Jesus don't change his method. He don't change his message. He has one way. He does not change. Now, situations, circumstances change, but he doesn't. And his message don't change. And so you see, he's coming the same way to him, just like he came to them. And that's how Jesus is, because he don't want to confuse people. Amen. He want to be, want you to be clear about who he is. And so we see the results right here. Okay. Uh, there was persistent doubt, you know, for a total of eight days. But thank God that it's changing. Amen. This was a new beginning starting to take shape. What took place was Thomas's critical confrontation <coughs> was over. And now his confession was unfolding. Okay. Then Jesus, amen, Christ appeared and he challenged and convicted him. He challenged Thomas. Yeah, examine me. Here, 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 here. You, you want proof? I know what you want. Here, here, here my hands. Check them. Check them out. Here, here my side. Touch me. Put your hand in here. You know, you know, you know. And it convicted him. It, you know, his confrontation ended because he had proof. Amen. And, and a lot of folks out there right now. 4,400 of them out there right now in the country. Confrontation when you start talking about Jesus. They don't, they, 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 they don't, they rather defend Mother Mary, Buddha, whoever. You know, they got their own idolatry, system of idolatry, their own God, you know. They don't want to hear nothing about Jesus, you know. But he says, hey, you can examine me anytime for yourself. I'll provide you with proof and evidence. I used to tell people, I'm not out here trying to convince you about Jesus, who Jesus is. I'm trying to convince you about who he is to me. Just like the Mary went and told them who he was. She didn't want to cast out demons out of her. So she 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 was convincing them about that. You know, they she knew they knew that. Now these others who were fearful of him, now they done had an experience with him. Now they're gonna go out and convince people using that experience. So Thomas is gonna be a part of that when he gets sent out. So Jesus now is winning him over too. He's he's working beyond his confrontation and he's convicting him. The Lord wants to go beyond the confrontations that are out there in the world about him. And prove to people I'm who I say I am. I believe the things we're seeing hitting the earth right now, the natural disasters, the famine, the diseases, the pandemics, I believe it's all to turn the heart of man back to God. 
Bible speaks about these prophetic signs that we're going to see. He said it's the beginning of sorrows. Why would God send sorrows before he sends a destruction? He's giving man a chance in between one and to the other to turn his mind, turn back to him. You know, he want to convict us to turn back to him, us to realize we have failed him and we need to turn back to him. You know, and Thomas was with them, but he, he left them. Now he's coming back to them because the Lord, you know, knows Thomas is supposed to be a part of these original apostles. Amen. So he deals with his doubt, his confrontation, but at the same time, he convicts him and he saves him. Verse 27, he says, then saith he to Thomas, okay, now he's getting direct. You know, rest of the disciples, you are good, but listen what I'm getting ready to tell Thomas. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And he, amen, and be not faithless, but believing. My God, be not faithless, but believing. Because we know without faith, you cannot please God. Now, Thomas had a choice. This is what you wanted, Thomas. You said, except you see it, you touch it, you feel it. So here's the proof right here. Stick your hand in and be convinced and believe. You know, and this is exactly what happened. It's time for people to stick their hand in their Bible and open it up and begin to read these revelations. You can open up this Bible and you can read and you can imagine what took place and you have a decision to make. Either you come and believe it or you that's your choice. But he said, if you if you come to me, you must believe that I'm who I say I am and that I'm uh, I'm a reward of those who diligently seek me. I'll do what I said. And Thomas right now is experiencing this live and in person. We have to experience it, amen, in the spirit realm by reading the word of God, reading the revelation. Let them reveal to us. And then we got a choice. Believe it or doubt it. You know, it's up to us. It's our choice. So Thomas here, man, is getting a, you know, he's getting a, a hands-on uh, lesson here. Describes this confrontation where we discover that all-knowing Jesus Christ already knew and was aware of Thomas's demands of proof for proof. What Jesus Christ did was advise and warn and call for belief versus unbelief. We need proof. We got 66 books for anyone out there. You know, this is why these revelations of Jesus Christ is so important because you need proof. And he's provided us with 66 books of prophetic, messianic prophecies that have been fulfilled, being fulfilled, going to be fulfilled. You know, he's told us from beginning to end, Alpha Omega, first and the last. We, are, we got it all right here. We have access to it. Up to us, though, to, to use it. Goes on in verse 28 as we move to close. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God, look at this change, went from confrontation to believing. What follows is a strong confession. That's what the Lord wants right there. He shows you his goodness, his love, what he did, what he died, the price was paid. That's the love of the father. He demonstrates it right here by allowing him to see the proof, to test the proof, to, the hands on it. You know, that's what the love of the father is, Thomas. I died for you, for the rest of the world. You know, now, man, he makes a strong confession. You know, if we start teaching people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and you build these revelations and make them known to people, I believe we'll see more strong confession. But we're preaching all kind of stuff, and it's not causing anybody to want to confess because they think they're already saved, because they think uh, we all got children. All of us got some in our closet. That ain't the gospel. 
you know, but that's what you see people preaching all the time and making an excuse for their for the error of their ways and the sin that they do in darkness, you know. And so Thomas here, man, the conclusion of, of, of this examining Jesus and examining his proof brought about a strong confession from him. Verse 29, I believe it to do the same thing on people today if we just teach them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel. That's where the power is at. You know, if they, if they hear it, they'll believe it, and they'll, they'll confess him. Verse 29, he says, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So Thomas's great lesson here uh, is a witness for all men everywhere, a great witness and lesson to the person who believes without seeing will be far more blessed than those who demand proof. Okay, so another twist is getting ready to take place here now that Thomas is on board. What is the great purpose behind all of this? Okay, as we prepare to close the purpose of the signs and wonderful works of Jesus Christ, as we read in these two verses, these next two verses, verse 30, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. So John did not capture everything. You have to read some of the other uh, reference scriptures to see some of the other uh, miracle signs and wonders that were highlighted. Remember early on, we talked about the difference in Luke's account, Mark's account, Matthew's account. A lot of them saw things from a different perspective because they were dealing with a different audience. So they captured some other things that John didn't hone in on. Okay. And it tells you right there. Okay. That these are not all the signs and wonders <coughs> that Jesus had performed. This is just the revelation that, that John felt was more important and more critical, <coughs> amen, to the coming of the Holy Spirit after Jesus' crucifixion and his glorification. So he had a different account, and it says it right there, okay? There are great facts as proof out there, okay? And they're, they're out there that Jesus Christ did many undeniable signs and wonders. He didn't do them in private. That's the key right there but out in the presence of his disciples and others. Other signs and wonders were not all recorded by John. That's all that's saying. Verse 31 for the conclusion. But these are written. I like this. All of these are written. The ones that were written, the ones that were captured, okay? That ye might believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Okay, that's the whole reason why these things are written. Okay, you know, and so what was the great purpose for all his signs and wonders again to the Jews? They required it. It was the fulfillment of their law. But there's a there's a deeper reason here uh, to select a few signs and wonders that would uh, lead to belief of those present or in attendance at many of Jesus's previous events. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, had to be proven. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, it had to be proven. Jesus Christ was the Son of Man, it had to be proven. Jesus Christ was the great I am. Jesus Christ was the light of the world. Jesus Christ was the, the, you know, the sacrificial lamb. All these things had to be proven. Why? They had been previously prophesied. The result would be life for many people who would come to him and believe that he was who he said he was and that he would be a diligent reward of all those who would seek after him. But how can you seek him 
if you don't know him. And how can you know him except some preacher or teacher teach this revelation to Jesus Christ as John wrote them, you know, that ye might believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that believing ye might have eternal life through him, uh, through his name. And that's in the book of John chapter uh, 20, verse 31. And that concludes the chapter. So we're going to end right there. Amen. And open it up for comments. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we just give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for this morning, Lord God. Thank you for what was written. Thank you for the signs and wonders and miracles. Thank you for all these things. God was done so that men and women coming will believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for what is written. We thank you for what is being revealed through these scriptures, oh Lord God, through these teachings, oh Lord God, through what 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 all of these apostles who were eyewitnesses, God, what they wrote. This is the foundation that we build on. No house can be built, Lord God, except the Lord build it. Everything that's built will be in vain. And so we thank and praise you right now for the foundation. We thank and praise you for the change. Thank and praise you for the evidence and the proof that we have right here, the word by record of it. And we would just use it, God, what you've given us to use, that we will go share it as we're sent out, Lord God, as we're led and guided by the Holy Spirit, Lord God, who brings all of this back to our remembrance, because this is what we should not be ashamed of. This is, Lord God, hallelujah, Lord God, where the power of God is, Lord God, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and everything that took place afterwards. God, we should use this as our witness and testimony, Lord God. And as we saw Thomas change, as we saw others change, God, we believe that all those who hear these glad tidings, this good news, Lord God, about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and what happened thereafter. God, it will convince many, I believe, because there's where the power, we cannot be afraid, we cannot be ashamed as we saw them being fearful of what man could do to them. God, we fear what no man can do to us because, God, we fear you and reverence you only because you are the Savior. You are the risen Savior. You are the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You are the great I am. You are the Savior of the world. And so we give you praise. You are the Son of God. You are the Son of Man. Hallelujah. You are the risen Christ. And we praise you now. We thank you now, Lord God, for this word today that is written, Lord God, that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and believing that we might have life through him and through his name. So we thank you and we praise you. Now may God the result be many will believe after hearing these good, these glad tidings. This good news is our prayer today in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. All right, then. Well, we're going to, again, shut it down here. We finished chapter 